Uh, but hey, it's been, it really has been a joy to be in this series with you. I think, um, I mean, all of the Bible, like p- people who say the Bible's not relevant, it's so relevant. So, so relevant uh, if we just study it well and if we just look at it um, for what it is. Because um, a lot of the times we, we want scripture to like probably give us the clear answer of like, here's what's happening now, here's what you should do, and all those things. It, sometimes it does do that, uh, but you know, scripture is relevant to the point where like, we could apply it to, to what's going on today. And so, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me just get into it. We, we've been in 1 Corinthians for a while now, and, um, and it's just been addressing church issues, right? Uh, there's been some external things that Paul has been addressing and then some internal things. And so I know we reviewed last week, but it's always good to review. Um, and, and so there is going to be a, a post on it. So the first week, the first week we, we did, right, um, was pretty heavy, right, how, to, how the church should deal with sin, right, how the church should deal with sin. Uh, and it's, it's pretty, it's, it feels pretty harsh, but like, man, when there is something that is just ruining everything, what do you do? You, you get rid of it. Um, Right, the second part, right, we talked about sexual immorality, um, what it is, uh, and, and how what the Corinthians were going through, um, in particular, right, uh, stepson with uh, stepmom, like all that stuff was going on within the church, um, right, sex within marriage, uh, how sex is not the goal, but sex is for marriage, right, um, and singleness, how it should be encouraged is a good thing. Uh, we talked about divorce, right? Uh, grounds for divorce as for, um, like, there was only two grounds for divorce. And then we talked about uh, unbelieving spouse. Last week we talked about um, build up over your rights, right? The church uh, should build up uh, rather than promote personal conviction. Um, and today Paul, Paul talks about this, right? He talks about surrendering your rights, talks about surrendering your rights. Um, and and uh, Paul in particular is going to be talking about his rights that he had to surrender. All right, his rights, ooh, got a burp in there. Had, uh, had a cinnamon roll. <laughs> I should have never had that one. <laughs> um, uh, but he, he, he talks about how he's surrendering his rights for the sake of the gospel. Uh, and, and I just want to clarify what the gospel is. Right, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? Romans 5.8 talks about this, right? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Super simple. This is the message that can cure everything. This is the message that fixes everything, that Christ's death and resurrection, his love for us is the one message, the one goal, the one thing that Paul was super focused on and saying, I am going to surrender all my rights for this very message, the gospel of Jesus. That Jesus died for us. He was born, he died for us, and he rose again. His death defeated sin. His resurrection gave us life. Right? And we get, a, we get a hint of that every single day. When you choose Jesus, you choose life every single day. And, and this was Paul's message. And this was Jesus' goal. This was his message. This is obviously it's called the good news of Christ. Um, and Paul is saying, look, we build each other up with that gospel. Right? We also surrender our rights and filter everything through 
that message of the gospel. Um, and so uh, th- this morning, right, this morning, you're going to see three things. Uh, 1 Corinthians can be broken up into three parts. It, it's kind of like Paul is kind of everywhere. He feels like he's everywhere. Um, um, then he brings us back to, to the main goal of the gospel, right? Uh, the first three parts, the first part, right, he talks about personal rights not being a hindrance to the gospel. Uh, second part and third part, right, Jim's going to go through that next week, um, right, being a servant to all to advance the gospel uh, and an example of how to approach, right? There, there's constant times where we got to take a different approach in how to present the gospel, right? Uh, being a street evangelist doesn't work all the time. Right? Taking someone to a coffee shop to build relationships doesn't work all the time because at some point you're going to have to actually share the gospel. Right? Going to the gym, going to Muskegon CrossFit, right? uh, and, and with the intention of uh, sharing the gospel, at some point I'm going to have to speak up. Right? At some point there's going to need to be a different approach. Right? Uh, and so that's the two parts right there, the three parts, but we're going to focus on that first part. Uh, but before we go any further... Um, I just want to pray for us, all right? Let me just pray for us because I know this could be a sensitive topic as far as uh, being an American uh, because we got a lot of rights as Americans, right? Uh, As Bethany was sharing, like, we got got freedom to share our faith, right? There's pushback, but it's not pushback like we see in third world countries, Um, right? But let me me pray for us. God, I just thank you for this morning. Um, it, is, it is a time to celebrate that, that our, the Zachos are back. Uh, we, we thank you for just their sabbatical um, and just the rest that they are able to receive. And I pray that that happens throughout the whole year. I pray that for all of us, uh, that we could um, have many Sabbaths. Uh, and, and so, Lord, as we talk about, um, that's actually a right of ours <laughs> as children of um, the Lord, that you, you want us to take a break. And so uh, this morning, Lord, as we talk about, look at Paul's rights, what he talks about, uh, may we kind of relate um, those things to what's going on in our lives. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right, so remember, the Corinthians, right, the Corinthians were a very educated city. They loved knowledge. Like last week, right, uh, where Paul had to bring them down and said knowledge puffs up. Knowledge is meant to be imparted. Knowledge is meant to, uh, be, to build others up, right? And so, so Paul, right, kind of talks about that. And then uh, he, th- this is just something they struggled with. They love to learn. They love to, to have some facts. They, they love people who sounded really nice too, right? Like all of us, right? If we hear a good preacher, we're like, ooh, we're going to stick with that person, and we are going to uh, listen to him all the time, versus someone who might be a little more boring with better content, right? We're just like, ah, he's not as dynamic, right? He's not as, I'm, I'm going to fall asleep to him. Paul was not a dynamic speaker, right? In Acts, right, we see a guy named Eutychus falling from a third-story building because he fell asleep because Paul was preaching, Right? That's like Jim and I. You guys go to sleep on Jim, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh man. Oh man. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh man. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, right. Uh, right. It's just, Paul was just not that 
dynamic guy. And because he was not dynamic, they, people started to question, ah, who is Paul? Like, who is this guy? There were new Christians uh, coming in, and right, even the old Christians, they were just like, oh, we're so tired of this old fart preaching all the time, right? Um, and so this is what they say in verses uh, 1. He says, am I not free? This is what Paul says. Paul's answering them and, and giving them uh, question after question and just letting them, like, questions that need no answer, pretty much, right? And he says this in verse 1. He says, am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are not, are not you, you Corinthian church, are you, uh, are you not my workmanship in the Lord? If to others I am not an apostle, at least I am to you. For you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. Right? Paul is trying to remind them, trying to remind the Corinthians. And he's saying, look, guys, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget how you guys started. Right? Paul's not trying to be self-centered, but he's just trying to help them understand, like, look, we, this, this church did not start just because it started. Right? In a way, he's trying to say, like, we're not a cult that just gathered together. We, we gathered together because God used me to share the gospel. And because of the gospel, you became the church of Corinth, the Christian church of Corinth. And, and, and you know what? Like, the, because, of the, because of God calling me to this coastal city, right, um, I became an apostle for you guys. You guys are the evidence of my obedience in Christ. You guys uh, are, are evidence that you belong to the Lord. You are my workmanship. If, if there's new people coming in and people um, wondering what this is all about, at least you guys know right, where you came from. It's a, lot, it's a lot like your kids, right? As they, as they get older and older, uh, I got to remind myself like where I came from a lot, right? Um, where I am today is I didn't work super hard for it. My parents did. Right? Our parents worked really hard to, to bring us where we are today. They took care of us. They clothed us. Right? They taught us some things. Not, sometimes not all great things. Right? They might have lied to us because they think they're superheroes at times. Right? But they did some pretty amazing things. Right? And Paul is trying to remind them, like, hey, remember where you came from. Right? It wasn't because of your knowledge that you became a church. It wasn't truly because of your hard work. It wasn't because you became a missionary that you became a church. It, it was God using me. So people started to question him and saying, like, who are you? Like, who, who are you? Why are we supporting you? You've done nothing for us. And Paul is reminding them, like, I've done a lot, man. I've actually done a lot. I know it sounds like, well, Paul's trying to gloat about himself, but he has a right to actually say things like that. Like, hey, I've worked really hard. I'm not just sitting in an office and waiting for Sunday to come so I could preach. Right? And so... Um, keeps going in, in verse 4 and 6. He says in verse 3, this is, uh, this is my defense. So Paul is defending himself, right? Like a lot of us, right? Paul, Paul confronts things head on. 
And he says, this is my defense to those who would examine me, to those questioning me, to those um, questioning how I'm handling my freedom, maybe what I'm purchasing, and all these things. He says, do we not have a right to eat and drink? Do we not have a right to take along a believing wife, as do the apostles and the brothers of the Lord and Cephas, Cephas, Peter? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to stop working, right, uh, for a living so that we could be supported by you, the church. Um, And and there is a lot to unpack here in in just those few verses, right? Uh, And so here's what Paul's four rights. Here's Paul's four rights um, that he kind of brings up, okay? Uh, Right number one, Paul's right number one. He says, I have the right, right? I have the right to eat and drink whatever I want, okay? I got the right to eat and drink whatever I want. Okay, um, the second thing he says, right, I have the right to marry. I got the right to be married or not, right? I'm not some Catholic priest who made a vow to celibacy, right? I got the right, if I want to get married, I'm going to get married. And this is what Paul's saying. He's like, I got that right, right? I'm no different than Peter who has a wife, and the third right, he says, right, is I got a right to ask the church for some financial support. I got that right. And fourth, he says, I, I have the right to enjoy the hard work. That, I, I have a right to, eat, to, to hear the good news of what's going on in the Corinthian church. So if I ask you, hey, how's the church doing? Like, tell me. Tell me the good stuff. Right? There's always a problem in the church, but tell me the good stuff. And, and, and so, like, lucky for us, we're going to get to focus on the church finances. Um, right? And I know that's not a fun topic. <laughs> Money is never a fun topic. But for some reason, right, as, as we um, go into um, the next few verses, we see Paul really, really focusing on this third right of his, that he has a right to ask for some financial support, right? And, and I, I know some of you guys are thinking, right, oh, here we go. Like, we just got a financial support last week, and here we go. We're talking about, um, uh, we're talking about money again, right? Th- that, that's not my intention, all right? Uh, it's not my intention, my intention to, to take your money, the church to take your money. That's, that's not the goal. Right, the goal is the gospel advancement. All right, I'm just talking about what Paul is talking about here uh, because of Christ. And so um, he starts saying this, right? He starts saying this in verse 7. He says, who serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard without eating any of its fruits, uh, any of its fruit? Or who tends uh, a flock without getting some of the milk? All right. So in verse 7 he goes on and says, look, look. Um, you know those charging you like the other people that you're paying. I am simply sharing the gospel of Christ that he died and he loves you and he resurrected so that you may have life. That is the message. This is the thing I do not want any payment for. I will preach this gladly for free all day long. This is what Paul is saying. Because this message is so much better than the rights that Paul has. Paul, 
He has a laundry list of being one of the best Roman citizens ever. He does, right? He was a Benjamite, or he was a Pharisee. He had that laundry list of just good credentials. Paul said, I'm not going to use any of those things. You know what? I'm going to represent. I'm going to represent the love of Christ. I'm going to lay down my right for the love of Christ. Guys, um, just, just real quick, I, I know there's common misconceptions uh, for the church um, that ministers, like, should, should not get paid well. Uh, I'm not saying this for J-Road. I, I think we get paid pretty good, uh, right? Uh, not too much where we could buy a brand new F-150, right? Not too little where we need to go to food pantries all the time, right? Just enough. But we will gladly accept F-150s. Uh, over here, right? Um, <laughs> we will gladly accept those, right? We will gladly accept those things. But, but right, we're, we're, I'm telling you, the staff is not doing this for the money. <laughs> I, I promise you, right? We're in the spending freeze right now as a church, right? Um, we have to, this week I have to figure out if I want to buy a kid an ice cream cone <laughs> through ministry expenses or personal expenses, Right, I have to figure out, okay, is this ice cream going to be used for the gospel? <laughs> or is, is it not going to be used for the gospel? He not, ended up not wanting ice cream. We just shared the same cup. <laughs> Very weird. <laughs> right, Don? <laughs> right, we just shared the same. But, right, it's it just simple things like that, right? I, I just want you to understand, like, we're, we're not in this for the money. Right, just like Paul was, we're not in this for the money. At some point, right, um, if the church was really in a bad position, you know who gets, who's going to get the pay cuts? We are. Right? And I guarantee you the staff's attitude and heart will say, the Lord will provide. Right? Jim and I, when we took, took these jobs, we were, right, I, I think I was making 12000 at the time. Right? Newly married, living in a basement. Had no idea. What, what, like what the church was going to pay. But I just felt like God was calling us here. And we did not come from the same with Jim. Jim was in this cushy church, making millions, <laughs> right? Brought his family of five, right? And just was faithful to the Lord. Jackie was working with monkeys. Well, not so much monkeys, but she was writing stuff for people who worked with monkeys, right? And, and, she, um, and she is now a kidsman director, part-time. Not glamorous. It's really not. We're not doing this for the money. And, and, and I want you to understand why we're doing this. It's because we really care, not just for you, right? We ultimately care that the love of Jesus Christ is advanced. And if at some point, we have to be charged for free. The Lord will provide. I hope we never get to that point. Because I promise you it will probably be very, very hard. But the Lord will provide. And this is what Paul is saying. right? He laid down all his rights that he had. And he said, look, what's more important? Me getting paid? Me saying I could eat whatever I want. 
me saying, I could pick from whatever garden I want. I, I worked for this, right? Or is it for the advancement of the gospel? Church, we, we got some rights, man. As Americans, we have a lot of rights. We could vote. We could do so many things. We could go outside, like, and just wear shorts. Some countries, women can't even wear shorts. Right? We, we could do whatever we want right? with the rights that we have. And the question is, are, are we going to use our rights for the gospel or, or are we going to use it for ourselves? Are, we gonna, are our rights going to be a hindrance to advancing the gospel? Right? Or are we going to lay them down? Your rights should never trump the gospel of Jesus. Right? All your rights should never trump advancing the gospel of Jesus. And, and I got two questions for you. Um, and, and just questions that you want, really want you to ponder on. Um, and the first question is, is what rights are getting in the way of you advancing the gospel in each other and to others? Okay. A lot of us have a lot of strong personal conviction on who to vote for, on, on all these things, right? And there are things within the voting stuff and within the political stuff that are morally wrong, right? I get that. But there are also things that are gray area convictions, right, are weapons. <laughs> right? Look, I, I understand um, having a... a um, a CPL and all that stuff is, is amazing. But is that going to get in the way of you sharing the gospel with someone who doesn't have that same belief? Right? Are your personal convictions getting in the way right, of advancing the love of Christ where God has you, where God has called you to? Look, I had... I love football, right? Um, didn't care much for the Lions at all. Didn't care much for Michigan football, right? Um, but moving here made, made me care about the Lions and Michigan football a little bit more, right? You know why? Because it's, everyone talks about it for some reason, <laughs> right? Everyone loves it, and I'm like, all right, I guess I should know more about the Lions players, Right, Jared Goff, right? he's a mediocre QB, right, all, just, just all these things, right. I, I didn't want to learn those things, but because of the gospel, if that's going to relate to somebody, then I'm, I'm going to learn it. Right? Kids are playing this game Valorant nowadays, right. I have no idea, still have no idea what it is, right. Um, but these youth group guys just, just talk about it. And I'm like, all right, let me just know one character and for some reason, they're all in love with this one character. And I got to figure out how to relate to this character and bring them back to Christ. It's our rights, right? We got to lay them down at some point so that we can advance the gospel. And question number two is, have your rights been a hindrance for your friends and family to know the gospel of Christ? I know they're, they're intertwined. Um, but I just want you to really check your heart on that, right? 
God's message and your rights are not even on the same level. They're not. Your rights and God's rights, God's righteousness that he imparted on us, they're not on the same level. All our rights should filter through, hey, what will represent the gospel the most? Not through, oh, here's the next president. Let's filter my decision if whether I like this guy or not. Everything, all that we have, all our decisions, everything that we do, right, should filter through, is this going to advance the gospel of Christ? And in J-Road, right, we simplified it with three words, reach, equip, send. Is this going to reach, equip, and send people to advance the gospel? And, you know, I, um, I talk about every 12th. I didn't want to talk about every 12th. Um, but, you know, with every 12th, it's a, it's a different approach with how we advance the gospel. It's one of the lowest attendance events that we do. Because it's a break Sunday for a lot of us. Right. And, and I'm not saying this to... Um, if you don't take a break and if you miss every 12 since all that stuff, like, uh, that's, that's fine. But I just want you to understand that every 12th intention is to advance the gospel. It's not to make us feel good about ourselves. So if picking up trash in a neighborhood called Steel is advancing the gospel, let's show out and do it. Because in this neighborhood, right, it's a tough neighborhood. There are poor people sleeping uh, behind the church. There are homeless people coming in, right? This is the population we're in. And the truth is if you're not on mission to advance the gospel to homeless people and to steal neighborhood, right, you, it might be time for you to find a church where you say, this is the neighborhood I could advance the gospel in. I know this is the second week where I'm asking you to leave the church or something, right, but I really want you to understand what J-Road is doing. We're trying to reach, equip, and send people for steal neighborhood and for the world and all of Muskegon, right? We're trying to advance the gospel and love of Christ. And if you don't want to advance the love of Christ in Muskegon, this might not be the place for you. Seriously pray about that. If you not falling in love, like if, if one of the things hindering you from advancing the gospel is the neighborhood, right, it might be time for you to find a different neighborhood. And give. Support that pastor in that neighborhood you're going to be in. Man, our rights get in the way so often. In a few years, they're going to get in the way again. But I pray we will lay them down for the advancement of the gospel. Let's pray. God, in Mark 10, 45, it says this, For even a son of man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom. If we're struggling with giving up our right, Lord, I, I pray we can look to our Savior Jesus. He gave up his right to be called king. He gave up his right to be served. Rather, he became a servant. He gave up this right being cushy on the throne of heaven to being a poor carpenter. 
When people smack them, he didn't fight back. When people spat at him, shamed them, put a crown of thorns on him, he did not do nothing. He had this mission of how can I please the Father and advance his kingdom? God, when we struggle to lay down our rights, may we look at our Savior who laid down his life. The gospel. Second Corinthians 5, 21 says this, For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He laid down the throne of perfection to become sin, to become a curse, so that we can be the righteousness of the Father. God, I pray as Jericho Road Church, Lord, that is our intention why we give, why we support, why we surrender is to advance the gospel. In the neighborhood that we're in, in the church neighborhood that we go to, in our families, in our lives, in our, in our, in our workplace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.